Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am joined today by a very special guest, Jordan Shonda King is a serial entrepreneur and expert at business optimization. Since starting her first business in 2013, she has published a book, founded and co-founded multiple businesses, developed and led group programs in three different industries, filed copyrights on multiple products, and she successfully sold a business. Now Jordan runs a agency called Easy Scaling, which specializes in full business management for women who are scaling their service-based businesses. Multi-passionate serial entrepreneur. I love this. Welcome. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This will be fun. Awesome. So I love everything in your bio, like what you've been up to as an entrepreneur. It's so similar to my kind of story. So I'd love to hear how you first started as an entrepreneur and what your initial business looked like. My very first business was focused on college and scholarship prep. And I started it with my mom. It was totally on accident. (laughs) I've started several businesses on accident which I think a lot of good entrepreneurs do it that way. You see a need and then you create something and then you run with it. And that's part of the fun. That was the first business. I learned so much. I didn't know anything about the online world. I didn't even really know what an entrepreneur was. I didn't know any of that. So got my education in entrepreneurship the hard way <laughs> with that first business. That's always the best way though, doing it on your own and figuring it out, I think that's a lot more valuable than sometimes getting like a framework or something like you taking the time to actually figure it out and pivot and change things up and learn lessons along the way. Yeah. It's the hard way, but it is probably the more fun way to do it. So I know with your agency, it sounds like I love scaling and I feel like you really tie into the fact that Scaling requires productivity. It requires productivity and it also requires really being, I think when people think productive, they think efficient, right? So like I need to be able to do more or I need to be able to do things faster. But a lot of times what it really comes down to is being effective. So that's like the majority of what I get to do with my agency and with my team is help CEOs be more effective by allowing them to do the things that they do well. And then we do everything else. I love how you worded that effective because some people think productivity, it's like making a big to-do list and just checking it off. But if those things on your list aren't really strategic and actually moving your business forward, then they're just busy work. For sure. And I think even with something that is so sexy right now, everyone's talking about systems. I was just talking to someone the other day and they were like, I hired someone to come in and like build these systems. But then 
I didn't really know how to use them. I'm like, well, that's a perfect example of trying to be more efficient, but it wasn't effective because if you try to implement a system that doesn't really work for you, then you wasted your time and you wasted your money. And we could have done things the easy way with a Google doc, (laughs) you know? That's so true. I feel like so many people, when they think of productivity and I actually, I saw this on your Instagram. It looks like you're not a fan as well of hustle culture either. No, partly because I've experienced it firsthand for many, many years and it doesn't work. Now that I've given it up, I've been so much more successful. And so I have that firsthand experience of why are we doing this? This doesn't even make sense to be telling people they need to hustle. It's what makes it work. I love that. I'm very vocal about hustle culture because I feel like some people wear it as like a badge of honor, like, oh, I'm so busy and look at me hustling and all these like 30 things I accomplished. But if there's no strategy or intentions behind what you're doing, it's busy work. You're just filling your time up with stuff that's not going to really make an impact. For sure. And going back to the evolution of my businesses and what I've done over the last almost decade now, I talk about this a lot, like being really aligned with your business and what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I think a lot of people who haven't found that alignment have to lean on the hustle side of things because things just aren't working. And so you just have to like keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's still not working until you find that alignment. That is the antidote, I think, to the hustle culture. Totally. I love how you've created this agency team. I was looking at your website and your services page And I think it's such a beautiful thing for people who want to hire, but like I was reading your copy on the page, you've hired before, but it didn't work out. And I'd love to hear how you created your agency when it was first being set up or envisioned. At the beginning of 2021, I've co-founded two businesses and I decided I want to start something from scratch that's just mine my own business. I had run businesses for, like I said, you know, almost a decade. And I was like, I want to do my own thing. And I want to figure out what that is. That was quite an experience to try to figure that out. And I figured out very quickly that I don't really like to be, I don't like to say I'm not a good coach, but I'm kind of not a good coach because (laughs) I think really great coaches know how to hold space for people to come to their own conclusions. And my personality is more like, let me just tell you how to do it. Let me just get my hands on the thing that you're working on and do it for you. There's some good things about that and some bad things about that, of course. So knowing that, I was like, okay, well, I'm not really a very good coach. I'm not a good mentor. What can I do that's like really hands-on? And so started looking into this role of a COO and what a COO does for businesses and really being more of a partner to CEOs and what they're creating with their business rather than just like a sounding board or like reflecting their own ideas back to them, being more of a partner in the decision-making process and then doing the actual implementation. But there's limits to that. I can only do so much. And so very quickly after I got really my first client, which happened very fast, I realized I need other people to help me because I can't do all of the little things that people need help with, everything from sending a a one-off email to updating a graphic or creating a Zoom link, you know, those types of things, all the way up to building out a full funnel. It just evolved based on what I saw CEOs 
needing consistently in their business. And the fact that in order to be really effective at doing those things and efficient at the same time, you need a lot of expertise. Not everyone wants to go and hire 10 people to be on their team, but they really do need about 10 people on their team doing different things and just kind of presented itself as the solution. I love that. I usually see a lot of people in Facebook groups looking to hire somebody and they want somebody who has this huge list of expertise. I'm like, this is like six different people. And I love that you've created this agency that gives somebody who needs that, what they need without expecting one person to do it all and be like an expert at every single different thing or hire multiple people. You've really tapped into that need, I feel like. Thanks. Yeah. It's been interesting to see that it's not a thing that's offered very commonly, or I haven't really seen that as a solution being offered to people. Everyone thinks they just need to start with hiring a VA. And then once you get that down, hire an OBM. And then once you get that down, maybe you specialize a little bit more and it's not a wrong way to do it by any means, but for some people, it just makes sense to start with everyone. (laughs) So what kind of people or ideal people does your agency typically work with? We work with really anyone doing anything service-based, typically women who are making mid six figures and looking to continue to scale. So they're consistently hitting those revenue goals, but they need help and they're maybe doing it in a not very sustainable way. They've maybe fallen into some of that hustle culture and they want more time back for their family or for whatever they want to do. A lot of coaches, course creators, I'm obsessed with group programs. So I love working with women who a big part of what they do is supporting their clients in groups. I was going to ask you about group programs. So for anyone who's listening and maybe has thought of the idea of running a group program, what is your best advice for initially creating somebody's first group program? Just do it. I think it's the best way to work with clients and also scale at the same time. I think it's the most powerful way to support clients. It's the way to get them transformation the quickest because they have the peer accountability. They still have your support. It's usually a little bit more affordable for them, but it's also more efficient with your time. So all good things. I could go on and on and on for hours about group programs. And I think once you've really gotten your feet under you with one-on-one and working with private clients, however that looks for you, then it's a no-brainer to do a group. Yeah. Like you said, it's a win-win. It's more accessible for people because it's usually a lower investment per person, but overall you're going to make more money in the group settings. For sure. The one thing I think that deters people from doing it, like if I were to give a concrete tip, I think people who want to do a group program get overwhelmed by it a little bit because they think, oh, I have to have this curriculum that's like perfectly designed when my modules recorded and all of this. And you don't, because that's a course. If you want to do a course long-term, a group program is a great way to create that. But your first group program, you do not have to have your content fully polished and ready to go. I actually suggest you don't do it that way because when you do a group program, you're going to learn a lot about exactly what your clients need in that type of setting. And that then informs what your curriculum should be long-term. So true to use even that first round of your group program to map out what 
everyone's going to need. It's going to be so much more impactful than just creating tons of content ahead of time that's not really going to be beneficial to anyone in the group program. Yeah, content is great, but most of the time when people join a group program, they join it for access to you, not for your content, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, and I know right now, like we might have some introverts listening who are like, oh, running a group program is terrifying to me. Just positioning myself as this expert and leading the calls. So do you have any advice for introverts who are maybe scared and feeling imposter syndrome about actually putting themselves out there and running a group program? I do. And I am an introvert. I would consider myself a social introvert. But when I started my very first paid group program, I did it with a partner, actually. We were both in that space of imposter syndrome. We've never done this before. Why is anyone going to pay us to listen to us talk? And what we did was we relied heavily on guest experts. We found that to be such a great entry point for us to get comfortable with being seen as the experts or the leaders or the facilitators of the group, because we could then customize everything that we planned for the group based on what they wanted to learn and what they needed to know. But we didn't have to be the people who were always delivering the contents. We would vote on topics and then we would bring someone in to present on that topic and then we would facilitate discussion. Once we did that one time, we were like, oh my gosh, we have so much information we could share ourselves. So it just got us that little bit of confidence and comfortability that we needed to be seen in that role. I always recommend that to people who are like, I don't know if I want to be on the spot every time we're on a call. I love that. That's a really good idea to bring in guest experts. When you did that, what was your process like? Did you pay the experts who were coming in? We didn't, not at that first round. So we tapped into our personal network connections that we had. And it made sense because the audience was the ideal client for the expert that was coming in. So it was a great opportunity for them to get some exposure and make some connections too. That was really how we framed it as, you know, do you want to come speak to this group that we have and share what you do and your expertise? And a lot of people are open to that. That's awesome. And how do you feel in terms of numbers with group programs? I'm curious, do you feel like there's a set number of people or does it depend on the audience? Or if somebody's creating their first group program, what would you say is a good number to have of students in that first round? That's a great question. I always recommend 10 to 15, but even as few as five, I think can make a really great group program. I'm running a group program right now that has six people in it. And I actually only went one in five, (laughs) but I have six. It's because it's more high touch and we do some implementation and we do some other things in there that I wouldn't be able to do if there was 10 or 15 people in it. Sometimes when people think group programs, they confuse them with a membership. Memberships are typically a lot higher enrollment numbers, but a true group program, in my opinion, is around 10 people because then it can still be really intimate. And I think for introverts, that feels a little bit more cozy than like 30. Yes, totally agree with that. And it makes it easier too for somebody to make that leap. If you have a goal of getting five people in your first group program, it sounds so much less stressful than feeling like, oh, I want to launch a membership and I want to get a hundred people in the membership. It takes the pressure off. I feel like once you have the more intimate group of like five people or a goal of five people, it's definitely more achievable for introverts, especially they're going to be like, 
yes, I can do this. I can get five people in, no problem. So I know you have a free workbook on how to outsource effectively. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your best tip for somebody who's looking to outsource. Maybe they've outsourced before and it didn't really work out. Everyone hates this tip. And I even hate this tip too. I don't like doing this either, but it's really necessary. And (laughs) a lot of what's in that workbook on outsourcing effectively is really more about tapping into how are you spending your time and how should you be spending your time in your business? Like what we talked about to really be doing the things that you're aligned with and doing the things that you do well and that only you can do, you need to be tracking your time. And not all the time. I am not about to say every CEO out there needs to be doing a timesheet for themselves, but periodically it can be very, very helpful and provide a lot of insight to track your time for like a week or two weeks, whatever makes the most sense, but it will show you, okay, these are the things that I like to do, but maybe I'm not doing them. Or these are the things that I'm good at. And look how much time I'm spending on the things that like you said, don't move the needle. They're not getting you closer to your goals or you hate to do them, or it takes you a ton of time. Those are the things that you need to be outsourcing. Cause I find a lot of people are like, I need to outsource, but they don't actually know what they need to outsource. And they end up outsourcing some of that busy work that they could actually just stop doing altogether. It just gives you some insight into things like that. Even if you're not wanting to outsource, I think it can be really helpful. I totally agree. I actually downloaded Maybe a year or two ago, I downloaded the Rescue Time Chrome extension and I just let it run in the background for a week or two. And then when I went back and looked at what websites I was spending all this time on, it was very insightful <laughs> for me to actually see it because you don't realize you're like, oh, I do like this little bit of admin work. It's no big deal. It's like a few seconds, but add it up over the week. It's actually quite a bit more than you think. <laughs> Yeah. We all think we know how we spend our time, but we really don't. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Going back to your agency, is it intentional that you have an all-female team? Because I love that. I'm just curious if it was an intentional thing or something that just kind of happened and now you love that it is an all-female team. I would say it's all of the above. It partly just happened because a lot of how I have found my team and all of these great people is one through my personal network. So referrals and people that I've worked with in the past and people that they know, which tends to be a lot of women. And then also in Facebook groups, I'm always posting when I'm meeting a new team member, I post in the Facebook groups that I'm in all of those female entrepreneur focused groups, which means I get a lot of women. So it kind of just happened, but I do think that it's really beautiful and amazing. Probably most of my team is also moms which is cool because I'm a mom. I love supporting moms who are working from home and doing their thing. I like that piece of it too. That's awesome. And are they independent contractors? Like, are they running their own business too, or are they more employees? So all of my team is made up of independent contractors. And I've done that intentionally. I have a really hard time imagining employing people full-time because I know how much I hate working full-time. I love that we can build this really effective, well-oiled machine of an agency while also supporting women who are like doing their own thing. Again, like making their own schedule and having flexible hours, all the things that I value, my team values. So I think it's fun for me to see it work that way. We'll see where things go, you know, in a few years, but I like where it is now. 
I love that because it's probably most of your clients are in the same boat too. They are doing what they're doing because they love flexibility and freedom. So it kind of ties into that value and messaging too. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to ask, and I always love asking everyone who's a guest, a little bit about marketing because my introvert audience, I think marketing is one of the major pain points. I'd love to hear for your agency, what is your favorite marketing platform or method for your business? I've always really liked Facebook groups. I don't use them as much as I used to, but in the past, that has always been my favorite place to hang out and show up and creep on everyone's posts. I've found a lot of clients that way. I think people feel really open and able to like share what they need in Facebook groups, which is a great opportunity for someone like me or really any of us with a business to be able to then say, Hey, oh my gosh, that's something I could totally help you with. That's what I love to do. So I've always loved Facebook groups. I used to hate Instagram and I boycotted Instagram for a very long time, but I've come back around to it now that someone does it for me. (laughs) And that's honestly the only way that I can show up on Instagram is if most of it is done for me. And then I get to just hang out on stories because stories are more fun, like showing little snippets of my day, but I don't like talking to the camera a lot. Like that's not fun for me. I also love podcasts. And I think podcasts are great for introverts because you can just be behind a screen, but not even on video. And fully be yourself. And I feel like with podcasts, a lot of introverts, especially they thrive more on one-to-one interactions. So I feel like podcasts are great. Even if you guest on other podcasts like this, it's such a great way to get your message out there because people can connect to your voice a lot easier than just reading like a blog post and your written words, connecting with somebody's voice and their emotions. It really builds that no like and trust factor. So for anyone who is thinking about outsourcing or even wants to make a plan, like you said, of what they're spending their time on, I think that's so beneficial to do. We'll have a link to your workbook so you can grab it. And where can people find you online if they'd like to connect? My website is easyscaling.com. And I do now hang out, like I said, on Instagram. So you can always message me in the DMs. That's the DMs and stories is the only place I really like to hang out on Instagram. And then we talk about group programs a lot, which we weren't expecting to do. And I do have some free resources on that too. So I can share a link. I've got a short little 30 minute masterclass that walks through how to actually create a group program. So I'm happy to share that too for anyone who was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely link that in the show notes too, for you guys to check out. Did you have any final tip or anything you wanted to share? That would be that alignment piece. And that if you feel like you haven't found it to just keep looking for it and keep trying things, it's taken me a decade to finally figure out the thing that I love to do that I'm also good at. I'm so fortunate. I wish I could have done it faster, but I didn't. And I learned so much along the way. Don't be afraid to pivot and experiment and try different things until you really feel like everything clicks and falls into place. Because once it does, I mean, the experience, it's night and day of running a business. It's not all rainbows. It's still difficult, but it's difficult in a different way because you can show up and really know you're doing the thing that you're meant to do. That is awesome advice. I think it's the perfect note to end on. So thank you so much for joining me today. It was so great to chat with you. I love talking about 
productivity. And I'm definitely going to sign up for your, it was a masterclass about group coaching. Yeah. Awesome. Or a group program, not group coaching. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to sign up for that because I'm definitely interested. I've done a group program a few times, but I felt like you said about the content piece. I create a lot of content so I get in my head about like, I need to have all this content ready to go. And I'm definitely going to sign up for that too. Awesome. Yeah. Let it be messy. That's the best way to do a group program. Flexible and messy, be adaptable, have fun with it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to chat with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.